0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful, Islam, the path of God. The hereafter, the day of judgment, heaven and hell. Belief in the existence of a life after this life is the fifth article of faith in Islam. Belief in the hereafter is so essential that it has been mentioned again and again in the Qur'an as complementary to belief in God and understanding why this is so extremely important. The existence of a future life is a spiritual reality which we are able to know about with with certainty only through divine revelation. The existence of a future life is a spiritual reality which we are able to know about with certainty only through divine revelation. Because our ultimate destiny lies with that future life and not with this extemporary life, it is only just and right that we should be informed about it and thus be able to work for it, for it pertains to our reality as humans god says "O oh, you human creatures you are toiling toward your lord with a difficult toil and you shall meet him chapter 84 verse 6 the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam may the blessings and peace be upon him advised believers to think of death often Devout Muslims certainly do so regarding it as the door which connects one state of existence to another. And surely most of us have at some point wondered, what will the end be like for me? Will it be painful? Exactly what is going to happen? And does something come after it or not? These are extremely critical questions which we should ask, not in order to be morbid, but so that we can prepare ourselves for the most important experience we have yet to undergo. Death is not uh, something we can conveniently put aside as relating to the far future. None of us knows when it will come to us and when it does come, it will be too late to do anything. Therefore, it's important for us to feel at home with the subject regarding death, not as the final ending of our existence, but as the opening of our return to our Lord. And it's something whose favorable outcome we need to strive for throughout the whole of our conscious life. For it is a death, that our efforts of a lifetime become all-important as the goods we trade in for an eternal existence of happiness or misery. It is a fact we human beings generally seek out what we enjoy and try to avoid what we don't, that is, unless we have a strong motivation to do otherwise. Certainly, to act purely for the sake of God is the highest form of motivation, But most of us just aren't that noble and unselfish. Our human nature is such that without the promise of reward or fear of punishment, very few of us would act as God wants us to. We need some incentive to cause us to act according to our higher selves. And the desire for paradise and fear of hell is precisely such a strong motivation. The materialist versus the spiritual point of view In every society at every time People who believe only in this temporary material life Have argued against the existence of an afterlife Many have used such arguments As an excuse for doing whatever they like The Quran is full of references to such people Let's go over the verses And they say When we are bones and fragments, shall we really be resurrected again as a new creation? Say, O Muhammad, yes, even if you are stones or iron or a created thing that is even greater than, than in your estimation. Or a created thing that is even greater than that in your estimation. And they say, when we are bones and fragments, shall we really be resurrected again as a new creation? Say, O Muhammad, yes, even if you are stones or iron or a created thing that is even greater than that in your estimation. They will say, who will bring us back to life? Say, the one who created you the first time. Then they will shake their heads at you and say, when will it be? Say, perhaps it is near chapter 17 verses 49 to 51 also chapter 17 verse 98 also chapter 19 verses 66 and 67 also chapter 34 verse 7 also chapter 36 verses 78 and 79 lastly it might be also chapter it is also chapter 37 verses from 15 to 17 those who disbelieve imagine that they will not be raised again say O muhammad on the contrary by my lord you shall be raised again and then you will be informed of what you did and that is easy for my lord chapter 64 verse 7 the arguments of such people have no basic in logic the arguments of such people have no basic in logic for god who creates and destroys can just as easily recreate he can also change the attributes and forms of his creation as he wills as for example water changes from a liquid to a solid or a gas in the same fashion a body can cease to possess the characteristics of life and apparently become a piece of inert inert matter But there is no proof whatsoever that this finishes the existence of the occupant of that body, the soul. The collective spiritual experience of mankind attests to the fact that the former tenant has now vacated its former home and gone somewhere else, or to put it in different terms, has been transformed into another form of energy. Therefore, God's supremely logical answer to the materialist question, when I am dead, shall I really be brought forth alive, is, does not the human being remember that we created him before, when he was nothing? Chapter 19, verses 66 and 67 The Last Day, the Resurrection and the Judgment in many verses of the Quran, such as the above, God who knows everything there is to know, uh, God who knows everything there is to know about His creation denies the claim of the materialist that death constitutes the final, absolute end of our existence. For our perishable material bodies, it does, of course, but for our immortal souls, this present life is only one brief stage on it. On its journey from God to God, and our Lord informs us repeatedly that our temporary life on this earth uh, and our Lord informs us repeatedly that our temporary life on this earth is merely a trial a test an examination period for what to prepare ourselves for the future life of endless duration in this life each Each day we are faced with individual tests whose combined results will determine our future, happiness or suffering. For each of us, death will mark the ending of our personal exam. It will be followed by the day of resurrection and judgment, whose coming is as certain as the fact that we are alive. Be mindful of a day on which you will return to God. Then each soul will be recompensed for whatever it earned, and they shall not be wronged. Chapter 2, verse 281. Also you find this in chapter 2, verse 48. In chapter uh, verse uh, 48. And uh, there are other also chapters that you can also uh, find this. And there are dozens of other verses. No one except God knows... When that day will come, but what is certain is that as the universe had a beginning, it will also have an end. The analogy of life, the analogy of life of this word is only like water we send it down from the sky and then mingle it with the produce of the earth from which people and cattle eat until when the earth has put on its ornaments and is embellished and its people think that they have all power over it, our command reaches it by night or by day, whereupon we cause it to be utterly destroyed, as if it had not flourished the previous day. Thus do we explain the signs for people who reflect. Chapter 10, verse 24 This end will take place in a manner frightful beyond imagination, and at that time, every living thing on earth will die when the trumpet when the trumpet will be blown, when the trumpet will be blown with a single blowing, and the earth and the mountains will be lifted up and crushed with a single crushing, then on that day the event will befall the event will befall, and the sky will be split apart for on that day it will be torn. And the angels will be on its sides. And on that day, eight angels will carry the throne of your Lord above them. That day on which you will be brought to judgment, not a secret of yours will be hidden. Chapter 69 verses 13 to 18. When the sky is shattered, and when the seas are poured forth, and when the graves are overturned, a soul will know that it sent a soul will know what it sent on ahead and what it left behind chapter 82 verses 1 to 5 also we find this in chapter 81 verses 1 to 14 at that time the dead will be raised and their newly recreated bodies will be rejoined with their souls and the judgment will take place each of us will be shown the book of our life's deeds recorded by our two companion angels. None of us will be able to deny the truthfulness of the record or to make any excuses. The record will be finally closed and unchangeable and we will be judged accordingly as our good and bad deeds are weighed against each other in a perfectly just scale. The weighing that day will be true. Then those whose scale of goodness is heavy, they will be the successful. And those whose scale is light, they will be the ones who have lost their souls because they acted wrongly with regard to our revelations. Chapter 7, verses 8 and 9. We have tied each person's destiny to his neck. And on the day of resurrection, we shall bring forth for him a book which he will find wide open, saying, Read your book. This day your soul is sufficient as an accountant against yourself. Chapter 17, verses 13 and 14. And whoever does an atom's weight of good shall see it, and whoever does an atom's weight of evil shall see it. Chapter 99, uh, verses 7 and 8. The verses of the Quran dealing with these matters are extremely numerous. Their tone is dead earnest, conveying total certainty. The effect of their message, stated and restated again and again, is to produce a conviction in the heart of the listener or reader of the absolute truth of what is being said. For example, the day on which the sky will become molten, the day on which the sky will become molten copper and the mountains will become like shreds of wool and no close friend will ask of a friend although they will see one another the guilty one will long to ransom himself from the punishment of that day through his children and his spouse and his brother and his relatives who sheltered him by no means it is the fire of hell plucking away to the skull calling to those who turn their backs on the truth and turn away from goodness and collect and withhold their wealth from doing good with it chapter 70 verses 8 to 18 the day when the trumpet is blown whosoever is in the heavens uh, and whosoever is on the earth will be terrified excepting the one whom god wills and all will come to him humble Whoever brings a good deed, he will have better than it. And whoever brings an evil deed, they will be thrown down on their faces in the fire. Are you recompensed with anything other than what you did? Chapter 27 verse 87 Also we find it in chapter 17 verse 97 O mankind be mindful of God and fear a day when no father will make the least compensation for his son, nor will any son make compensation for his father. God's promise is surely true. Then do not then do not Then do not let the life of this world deceive you, nor let the deceiver Satan deceive you concerning God. Chapter thirty-one verse thirty-three. God's infinite mercy and absolute justice. God is the most just judge. At the same time, he is the most compassionate and the most merciful. Your Lord has ordained mercy upon himself. Chapter uh, 6, verse 54. He assures us, declaring through his prophet, وسلم, may the blessing and peace be upon him, that his mercy overcomes his anger. He also commands us, his servants, not to despair of his of His of his mercy saying oh my servants who have committed excesses against yourselves do not despair of the mercy of god truly god forgives all sins he is surely the most forgiving the most merciful chapter 39 verse 53 and who despairs of the mercy of his lord except those who are astray chapter 15 verse 56 therefore our hearts should find comfort in knowing that no matter what sins we may have committed our infinitely gracious lord our infinitely gracious lord is able and willing to forgive them all if we turn to him for he knows every single thing about us the frailty of our human nature our physical and emotional makeup the conditions under which we live the difficulties surrounding us and our capacity to deal with them, the pressures and temptations we are subject to, the most subtle whispers of our hearts. And he assures us that we do not burden any soul beyond its capacity, and with us is a record which speaks with the truth, and they shall not be wronged. Chapter 23, verse 62. Moreover, out of his mercy, God sends us, by day and by night repeated opportunities to do good and refraining from doing a possible evil is also a form of good no matter how small a deed may be in our eyes in god's sight it may be important and a means of forgiveness or reward for us as if he were just searching for reasons to show us mercy in addition to all this our lord grants us still another divine mercy that he judges our actions by our intentions, that is by what we intend in our hearts rather than by what we actually do. The Prophet, may the blessings and peace be upon him, stated that if someone intends to do a good deed but does not carry it out, God writes one good deed for him. If he intends to do a good deed and actually carries it, carries carries it out, God writes for him a reward of between ten to seven hundred times too many more than that. However, if someone intends to do a bad deed but does not carry it out, God writes one good deed for him. Whereas if he intends to do a bad deed and actually carries it out, God writes only a single bad deed in his account. The one who brings a good deed for him, there will be a reward of tenfold like it. While the one who brings an evil deed will be recompensed only with the like of it and they will not be treated unjustly chapter 6 verse 160. but still it must also be known that in spite of our lord's infinite mercy there is punishment for those people who persistently deny and rebel against their creator reject his guidance produce evil and harm others in spite of all the opportunities sent to them for reflection and doing good. As a requirement of God's uh, perfect justice, such punishment must be, uh, workers must be paid for their work, whether good or evil, and the workers of good and evil cannot be paid the same. Is the one who keeps in mind God's pleasure, like the one who has earned God's condemnation and whose abode is the fire, and how evil a journey's end. Chapter 3 verse 162 For the deniers of God and workers of evil, their place will be hell, for as long as their Lord decrees. In that unimaginable, horrible place, their companions will be others who, like themselves, were completely alienated from him. They will have endless regrets about the wasting of their lives and the harm they did and will suffer enduring torment and agony in a proportion to the evil of their deeds. The picture which God paints of their future life is truly a frightful one. And if you could only see how, when those who disbelieve die, the angels strike their faces and their backs, saying, then taste the punishment of the burning. That is for what your hands have sent ahead, for truly God is not unjust to his servants. Chapter 8, verses 50 and 51. And those who earned evil, their recompense will be an evil like it, and darkness will cover them. They will have no protector from God, as if their faces were overshadowed by pieces of the darkness of night. Those are the people of the fire. They will remain in it. Chapter 10, verse 27. But while hell is the place of recompense for evil, it is at the same time the place for cleaning. Throughout our lives, our compassionate Lord sends us opportunities in the form of troubles and suffering to be cleansed from the evil of our inner state and deeds. If this cleansing is not sufficient, after we leave this life, hell is the domain in which our cleaning is finally completed. And, according to the flawless divine justice, when it is finished, many souls will be taken out of hell and admitted to paradise and the divine presence of the Lord. For if there is any trace of faith, for if there is any trace of faith or goodness or goodness in the heart of a servant of his, he will not permit it to be lost, assuredly. God does not do even an atom's weight of injustice, and if there is a good deed, he will double it and will give the doer of it from his presence a great reward. Chapter uh, four verse forty This is made clear by certain Hadiths of the Prophet Muhammad to whom God will give the power of intercession, uh, the power of intercession and permission to take souls out of hellfire. Then, also in keeping with God's perfect justice, those who believed in their Lord, obeyed His guidance, and tried to please Him, will have an eternal reward for their goodness. The people of paradise will have on that day the best abode and the most beautiful place of rest. Chapter 25, verse 24. God promises, moreover, no soul knows what delights are hidden from them as a reward for what they Uh, used to do chapter 32 verse 17 those surrendered obedient servants will have everything their hearts could desire surrounded by pure and noble companions and scenes in the presence of their beloved lord for whose pleasure they lived their lives and those who believed and did righteous deeds no soul do we burden beyond its capacity those are the people of paradise they will remain in it, and we shall remove any ill feeling from their hearts, rivers flowing beneath them, and they will say, All praise be to God who guided us to this, for if God has not guided us, we could not have been guided. The messengers of God surely brought the truth, and it will be called out to them, This is paradise, you have inherited it because of what you used to do. Chapter 7, verses 42-42 and 43 because of this understanding conscious muslims actually live in two worlds the present world and the world to come for we know that our task is to strive in this life to the best of our abilities with whatever god has given us whether it is much or little in every situation we try to consider whether a thing is good for our future life as well as for the present more than anything we fear our Lord's anger and displeasure above all else we desire his pleasure and love we desire his pleasure and love this serves as our primary this serves as our primary motivation when faced with a choice between good and evil possibilities it is a force that enables us to control our passions and desires exchanging temporary satisfactions in this brief life for permanent happiness and the eternal life for we know that whatever has been given to you is only a convenience of this life and what is with god is better and more lasting for those who believe and trust in their lord chapter 42 verse 36 the message of all this is therefore one hope the message of all this is therefore is therefore one hope and trust Hope in our Lord's endless, all-embracing compassion and mercy. And a trust that He will accept us, forgive us, and deal gently with us out of His infinite grace. I will repeat this. The message of all this is therefore one of hope. One of hope and trust. Hope in our Lord's endless, all-embracing all compassion and mercy. And, and a trust that He will accept us, forgive us and deal gently with us out of His infinite grace. Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah.